Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, girl. What you doing? Hey, girl. Where you going? Hey, everybody. JD here. Uh, I just want to do a quick intro for this podcast, and I'm going to keep it quick this week. I swear to God, okay? Here we go. If you can't tell, I've been binge-watching New Girl on Netflix. It's been real fun. I'm enjoying that show way more than I ever thought I would, and um, I'm excited to see where, you know, those wacky characters go to. Um, I got a squeaky chair, and I'm sorry about that. And I also wanted to apologize for you being able to hear my roommates watching television and making a ruckus upstairs, okay? I'm going to do my best to bridge this gap and ask them to be quiet while I record my podcast, at least. You might be able to hear them watching the Lego movie, or maybe they're watching Lost, or Heroes, or Alias. They just started watching Sex in the City. Yeah, I don't know what's up with them, but they're watching shows that are like 10 years old. They are way behind on television. Uh, I can't wait for them to start watching The Office so I can spoil everything for them. It's going to be great. As you guys know, this podcast is always brought to you by The Molecule Effect. Coffee and wine. Be sure to go over there. They got local everything and they're local people as well. That's on West 12th Avenue and Santa Fe Drive here in the Art District. Get some Renegade or Strange Craft Beer, Kaladi Coffee, Share Good Foods, Happy Leaf Kombucha, Infinite Monkey Theorem Wine. They got it all. 20% off all alcoholic beverages during happy hour, which is 5 to 7. Speaking of wine, all right, when you come to our live show, they're doing 50% off all bottles of wine, okay? Come get real drunk for the sp- 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 spooky special, all right? Maybe... You'll get so drunk you'll see a g- 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 ghost. All right, it's going to be a scary fun time. Scott and I are doing a Halloween party on October 27th at 6 o'clock. Free, by the way. Come dressed up and we'll get you on the pot. All right, we're going to do lightning round, round, <laughs> lightning round, round robin style podcast where I'll ask you a lightning round question. Maybe Scott will ask you something funny. You can tell a ghost story, something like that. And it'll be fun. It's going to be a great time. Come to that, please. It'll be full of hocus pocus and uh, bippity boppity boo. Wait, is that not Halloween? What is that? Bippity boppity boo. Uh, that's that's kind of it's witchcraft, right? Anyway, don't forget to go to the greatest show ever, hosted by Andreas Bessarelli. All right, we sponsor that as well. It's on the second and fourth Thursday of every month at Colorado Plus Brew Pub 
in Wheat Ridge. That's also a free show. So it's worth going to. So worth the time. It's worth the time. Okay. Uh, without further ado, enjoy this week's LHRB podcast. Lopez and in the basement today, tonight, whenever you're listening, I have returning guest Byron F. Graham. Thanks for having me back, no JD. No problem. I'm glad That's you're in. not uh, necessary. It was a pretentious affectation. <laughs> no, we talked about that last time. I think we it's did, yeah. It's supposed to make you sound smarter. Right. And I think it does. Well, thank you for, for using it. <laughs> it is not required in uh, any intros. Always appreciate But that's in your nom de plume. Sure. Not I'm not anymore. No. It's it's just Facebook. I okay. on Westward I'm just Byron Graham. Okay. Well you, that's just, super confusing, see, you know? Not really. Just go by an alias then. <laughs> <laughs> um but I'm glad you're in uh you're feeling better. Last time you were a little sick Oh yeah, last time I was it was right before this fifty first joke show, or right after? Right before. Mm, I think it was after. Okay, because 51st Jokes was ground zero for a super flu virus that nearly knocked out the comedy community last year. Oh, really? Um, I was sick for like two weeks. So that was right at the beginning of just, yeah, a, a half month of... The bird flu, if you will. Yeah, real, <laughs> real bad. I quit smoking for four months afterwards is how wow. dynamic and persuasive that flu was. But now I'm back. I've got the habit again. Now that you have your health. Yeah, okay. now that my health is returned, I am throwing it throwing it all away. <laughs> and I also have Alan Bromwell coming down to the basement. First time. First time. Thank hey. you for having me. No problem. How's it going? Good to be. Uh, it's good. It's good, man. I've been I've uh, chasing you for a while. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah, you have me. <laughs> you have me on your futon. And now you're never leaving as I lock is- the door. <laughs> That's it's he gets his guests via blow dart, not invitation. <laughs> I was yeah. tranked at an open mic last night, <laughs> and I woke up in this basement. Help! <laughs> <laughs> no, that's not what they mean. They mean they're having tons of fun. But it's Alan, the best. Yeah, thank you, thank you. Uh, Alan wanted to talk to you a little bit. Kind of the uh, I felt when I first started comedy, it seemed like you were kind of the kingpin of Boulder comedy. But now you just kind of moved. Moved down here to to Denver. Yeah, I just moved like uh, three weeks ago. And, um, you know, I wasn't even, I just, I was looking for a cheaper place to live than Boulder. That was my main goal. And uh, now it seems like it was a smart idea to move down here. But it's kind of, it is weird because in Boulder it was a lot smaller. And um, I didn't think of myself as the center of it, but it was, it was a lot different social dynamics than it is coming down here it's a lot bigger down here the few times i have gone up to like a boulder mic or something it's a lot of college kids Mm -hmm. you know doing their thing for the first time i feel like it's uh when you're talking about different type of community is that what you mean just like younger kids like not just yeah it's younger with comedy it's a little more casual it's uh you know it's not really a city i guess it's a city but it's not like an actual bustling working city it's it's different. It's a college town. It's a lot of the same kind of people, if I may. Yeah. Oh, I, it totally is. I went to is. college there for a bit. I feel comfortable profiling Boulder. It's a lot of the same sort of people in Which the audience is... and in the. Well, I, I mean, I think liberal. And, forgive me if I'm wrong. Generally speaking. Yeah, but I feel like that outdoorsy. sort of 
the liberal uh, presumption makes the comics there a little too aggressive, and they're like, I'm attacking PC. You know, like, I feel like they all think that they have something to really say. And yeah, the not, people who are trying like, to be edgy try really hard because it is so politically correct. Yeah, and I think that like they're sort of missing the the point. Like, it's easy to offend somebody. It's really difficult to offend somebody and make them concede a point right. or laugh. Right. And uh, not a lot, of, not a lot of laughter from those chaps, if I may. <laughs> um, yeah, there are certain words that, no matter what you're saying about them, just certain words will turn off the audience. Oh yeah, because they're half listening and then they hear a trigger word. Yeah, exactly. It's 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 a uh, as soon as they get triggered, they're just not listening anymore and they're offended. They're not gonna laugh. I think of the like bolder audiences or at least the college kids, you know, as like kind of you know like the Chivon crowd, like bros, you know, because the college has a big football team, you know, and so that's there's that element. I don't know if they're going to comedy shows. Oh, okay, though. yeah, so they're they're audiences. on the hill, they're out and about, but comedy shows are mostly the young professionals and the families living there. I mean, stu- yes, every once in a while the students, but mostly the students are friends of the comics, if they're there at all. And I actually think, uh, from performing at CU, the, the college audience there is great. The students there aren't very politically correct. They'll, there'll be some people in the audience groaning at things, but they'll generally laugh more than, uh, more than just the normal Boulderites. You were running a couple open mics, and you had like, uh, did you have a, a showcase there as well? I never did, no. Um, my bad. But you had a well, couple of mics. Well, I ran one it. for a couple of months, but it okay, didn't turn so, into yeah, anything. Okay, so yeah, you did. <laughs> well, all I was getting is like your name was being thrown around to me a lot whenever I heard of you know Denver comedy or whatever. Like this is Bromwell's mic. If you go there, that's Bromwell's mic. And then uh, so that's why I was just like wondering if you had like a you're trying to like take over that scene, and then once you did, you you know moving out to Boulder. I mean, moving out to Denver and like widening your your circle. Well, I suppose, but really, what I was thinking about was. When I was living up there, I thought at the time Fort Collins had a lot of mics and Boulder had one. And I thought, why don't, why aren't there more mics here? Because I'm driving down to, when I was living up there, I was driving down to Denver almost every night of the week to do an open mic. So I thought this would be a lot easier if we had mics up here. And I, I did start a bunch of them. I started three open mics. One of them is still going. And uh, it's a numbers game, right? Yeah. It is, I mean, that's how mics work. The Starbucks strategy. But well, you gotta like I don't know the, you, there's things you gotta learn there's venues that aren't into it right there's and it and it could be the venue's great but the staff for some reason turns on it or the manager decides she Ooh, doesn't the like staff? it staff you need the staff on your side yeah if the bartender is like bringing their shitty friends that's always a recipe for disaster that's exactly what happened at illegal Pete's up there. Which is a great, um, could potentially be a great venue, but there are just some regulars there who decided it. They liked they it for heckily. a few months. Yeah. yeah. They just got very, they got used to it. They got a little too comfortable with it. And then they decided they didn't like it. And so they, they told the owner, or uh, how did that, they like mutinied during one specific mic? And they were just like, all right, this isn't worth doing anymore. There were a number of ones that got kind of dicey because of the audience heckling, participating. Um, and then just eventually the staff decided it wasn't going well and decided okay. to stop doing it. Do you, uh, Byron used to run the Kinga's open mic, which right. is going on. Do you feel like that kind of happened with, uh, you had the staff on your side or? No, I did not. I did. I felt like that was a great location and we usually had a pretty decent, we had always a great turnout of comics and sometimes like 
you know, a decent crowd of regulars who would come down to the basement to watch. But it was the staff was very much in the way of that being a good mic. They wanted me to put it in the worst possible room in the entire restaurant, and they paid very little. And, the, you know, the one, the one saving grace was that I would get hammered there for free on Sunday night, and that stopped being available as well. Right. My they took away the tab? No, the I mean the they gave me a tab, but they started like paying attention to how much I drank, whereas before I had a bartender. So what? They cut you off? They would be yeah. They, it was like twenty dollars. That's okay. it. You get you know. Oh really? Yeah, twenty dollars. Uh, you get four drinks and you're done. And I would <laughs> you know I would get really drunk there every week to the point where like I said things to people that I barely remember. And they were like deeply offended by them. Huh. Um, uh, yeah, four we, drinks is not enough to get through hosting an open. No, mic, with right? like thirty comics, th- you know, and some often terrible comics. Do you ever try to do it sober? I tried to host a couple mics sober. No, without drinking at all. It's oh man. No, Did I tried to not all? drink so much. Hmm. Did drinking become a, a big part of it for you? Or? Yeah, absolutely. And I don't really. I try. Like when I started, I drank a lot more than I do now. I try not to drink, and I try to perform sober as often as possible. But hosting an open mic's a different game. It's really hard to do without. It's just how I mean. How do you spend that much time in a bar, sitting and watching something without you know? Also, I mean, you're tipping the staff. I feel like a certain amount of drinking is good. It's easy to overdo it. <laughs> right. Um, but I, you know, I was purposefully overdoing it because I felt as though I was being underpaid, and I was having a tough summer. <laughs> sure. All right. So, Alan, uh, we usually talk. You know, left hand, right brain. One of the one of the things we talk about is you know, uh, creative and sensitive type things. Do you think uh, a, a big theme of people who get into comedy is because you know they're bullied or like you know uh, overly sensitive as a child? Do you think that's why you got into comedy? Well, I bullied people as a kid. Oh, okay. <laughs> so I don't. But I got bullied by um my dating life in college so i don't know i don't the sensitive thing i definitely agree you got to be sensitive to uh to pick up on things to talk about um but i didn't i didn't really get um bullied as a kid though i didn't really i was being a kid i just laughed at everything i thought i thought the world was ridiculous okay you need to be sensitive to be a good bully, though, because you got to know what hurts. Right, you got to know <laughs> oh, yeah. what yeah, exactly where <laughs> the weak points are. Get them. Yeah, the bully is the one who just becomes the thing that they hate the most or fear. Oh, sure. You know, they're, they're the Batmans of the playground, if you will. <laughs> they don't just confront it; they become it. That's what I was. I think it, there's there's <laughs> quite a few bullies represented in comedy too. I feel like it's 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 sort of a dichotomy of bullies and the bullied. So your your family, you just, I like how you said that uh, you just always kind of seen the world through this absurd point of view. Yeah, I thought. I mean, I've always thought it was best to laugh at things that I didn't understand. And uh, you know, like I remember as a kid laughing at like I still think golf is really funny. But I, when I <laughs> when I was a kid, I just thought it was so like nobody's happy. Everybody's shitty at it. Everybody has bad shots. Even the pros shank one. And it's just funny, but you can't laugh on a golf course. It's the most serious place. And uh, I just remember stuff like that. Just I remember my mom telling me not to laugh in, you know, when we go to school events and stuff. I'd be laughing with my friends. 
that that's what I've been trying to get back to with comedy is I remember how funny I used to think the world was. And then at a certain point it gets bleak and unfunny and sad, but uh, <laughs> somewhere I rem- I mean, I remember it, it can all be funny. I try to remember that. Hmm. Laughing in church. That's the, <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's the perfect. I laughed at a funeral recently <laughs> because it, and it was really, I mean, I didn't laugh in front of people, but I had a good hearty laugh. Was it a bad eulogy? No, it was like a grave flooded. <laughs> a grave flooded? Yeah, like the cemetery was flooded. So there were just all these exhumed caskets like strewn across the lawn. It was so fucking grim. <laughs> oh, man. I was like, God forgot about Oklahoma. It's rising <laughs> up. Yeah, that's it was like bleak. a literal version of the underworld, the Greek, the river <laughs> where the souls are floating yeah, the off. Sticks. It was yeah, that was yeah yeah because it's it's absurd. Just like the, it's an absurd ritual anyway, burying the dead. Sure. And then so we're like, oh, we got to get the the decomposing bodies out of the water, <laughs> real quick. It's a crisis. Yeah, that's super morbid in a way. Um, but I, I uh, that just reminds me of, I. Uh, this thesis paper I wrote in like uh, to graduate last semester was like how we use comedy to like uh, comedy is like uh, an essential part of the human experience or like we can't remove it. So like mm-hmm. we need it to like deal with uh, tragedy and things mm-hmm. like that. And like every culture has its own sense. I'm totally forgetting what my thesis statement was, but one of the things that well, what you're talking about, Ellen, remind me of, you know, like, if someone told me I couldn't laugh or like I shouldn't make fun of something, like it's I wanted so to rebel funnier. about that. Yeah, I definitely yeah. wanted to be like, okay, well, I'm gonna do that just to see how far I can push it. Or, and even it would get me in trouble a lot when I was younger. You know, right. so is that? What, did you have the similar experience? Or yeah, well, and I think you know before we're talking about some of the comics in Boulder deliberately pushing the envelope. I think it comes from that because when you're in a culture that says you do not joke about let's say rape for example you yeah. do not it's just you cannot joke about it well then it's funnier right. i mean sure. it's kind of this unintentional thing that people do when they try to forbid you from talking about anything it becomes more interesting it becomes funnier <laughs> yeah the taboo of it or sure but i i also i don't think that breaking that taboo is necessarily that interesting anymore either you know it's a way to make a room uncomfortable but as a way to like break the boundaries of what comedy can be, no, it's not anymore. Somebody already did it. Yeah, it may not be original, but it, those people who push through the awkwardness of breaking the tab, you know, of course there's that tension. Sure. But the people who push through that, get, you know, sometimes there's huge laughter waiting if you can. Yeah. I think it doesn't, it doesn't matter it. as much that you're breaking it as why. Like if you have something really funny or a good point to make or what, you know, like I think a lot of people just break. Do it to do it. For its own sake, yeah. Yeah, yeah I agree that's silly. Because they're trying to be shocking, but it's not shocking at all. It's exactly what you expect a you know 21-year-old college guy to say. <laughs> right. So, yeah. Byron, you, were, you went out of the country not too long ago. And I did. And you did comedy. I did one open mic in London. Okay. Uh, it was mostly a family trip, but I was happy to work it in. Nice. Um, and it was great. It, I had a really good time. Yeah, we talked a little bit about, you know, uh, did... Now you were kind of a novelty there, or a while. A ago. little bit, yeah. Yeah. What was what was the experience like? I mean, well, I, I remember I'm not the most confident or brash person, but I remember a few comics commenting to me afterwards, like, "You're just," he's like, "Really? You're you're only three years in, and 
you were nervous like you're so confident up there so and i was like it i think that's just being american it's just a <laughs> that's funny. it's just you a think weird that maybe a denver thing specifically or you think that's just anybody i think it's an american thing where it's like, of course i can talk i'm you know like Listen just to me, square jawed and yeah uh interventionist i think it, because <laughs> most of i mean most of the other comics were you know reedy bespectacled types not that i'm not i'm just i think like <laughs> An American yeah, you're that version. Here. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a British person in America. I'm an American. Were you the chive version. guy in there? Or like what is this? you know the, the chive on crowd? Is that like... Oh no. It was it was a pretty like it was like a real Guardian UK reader crowd. It was pretty they were very British, very like diverse racially. Like a lot so many references I didn't get to like British. Like I had to Google who Nigel Farage was because there were so many jokes about him. He's the leader oh, really? of the, the UK Independence Party, which is like a real racist. Oh, that's their con- really conservative party. Yeah, that's like the, it's just, just the unambiguous choice of racists. Like where it's just like, we don't like Polish people even. And it's like, wow, they, they really get to the intro-European roots of racism. <laughs> they, they, they're that personal about it. Hmm. They still don't like Italians. Okay. Yeah, I think that's funny because as like we are constantly talking about race in this country but uh, european racism in my opinion is way worse in it's a lot like of ways. in the law there like germany has a bunch of turkish immigrants and they have a guest worker program where like they're invi- they're they're you know they're meant to immigrate there to work but their children don't become citizens even if they're born in a german hospital really and they're wow. you know like it's just like a whole a whole second class just living among people of, of the Turks and that, you know, they're not upwardly mobile and people are really racist, you know, cause it's still Germany. I feel like the, because we talk about it so much in the States, it's hard to get away with being racist. Like you can there, uh, like we're shitty with immigrants, but we're way better about immigration than Europe. Well, I guess they did actually put up a wall. Mm-hmm. Right? <laughs> we just talk about it. <laughs> we haven't quite gotten there yet. I don't know. Um, but something I thought was really interesting, if you want to talk about it, okay. you smuggled weed into the country, out of this country, and, and I thought that was an I interesting a, story. A just vaporizer like cartridge. Right. Uh, it just looks like an Easter. I mean, they didn't examine it at all. Right. Um, and it was very nice to have. But you were nervous about it. Or Absolutely. Did it... <laughs> going through TS, I, you know. But you're just like, I'm still going to try this. Like, this is going to, I'm doing this. I felt like it, I was gone for like two weeks. Uh, around my entire family, who can be sort of stressful. Sure. And you know, I was doing. Some, I wanted. I was going to castles. I was seeing some cool shit. I wanted to. You know, I'm, I'm a bit of an, you did an not enhancement. Want to be sober. <laughs> I would. I mean, if I didn't have to be. Right. If the choice was there, <laughs> and I flew out on my own, so it wouldn't have been like I got arrested in front of my entire family. <laughs> oh man. Uh, <laughs> so I yeah, I just put it in my bag, and it was fine. Nice. It looks like a, you know, it's pretty easy nowadays. It really yeah. like there's those uh, those edible candies. Those That's real easy to bring. That they look like Sour Patch Kids. I I went to Europe a few years ago and just put some of those candies in the bag of those actual candies. They're like the Sour Patch watermelons, and I brought like I don't know four or five grams of THC because I'm <laughs> stupid college sure. kid. And you know, it's not a big. You'd be you'd be worse off. Uh, if you got caught with that stuff in Texas, then most places in Europe. Absolutely. 
I mean, I, I was worried about customs going too, but they didn't search your bag. Yeah. I mean, once you got you. through security, uh, you were fine. Yeah. I mean, it was mainly just like, what you know, I'm a white American. I'm not, <laughs> I'm getting through the border, you know? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. <laughs> uh, I just thought it was a ballsy move and I thought it was funny. Just it was a, nice. It was, you know, I uh, I stood in the turret of a castle overlooking the countryside and got high as shit. <laughs> it was great. Open vaporizers. Uh, I actually, I don't generally prefer them, but when they're on, you've got it's, it's a good Man. choice. Slumming it with the vaporizer. I was also, I was in like rural Somerset too, so it wasn't it wasn't like I could go buy some weed in the streets, which I hate doing now anyway. <laughs> That's yeah, barbaric, right? Buying it's weed like, from a stranger in the streets, I was never good at it. I don't think anybody ever really is unless you go to the same place all the time, in which case you're a rookie. You got to meet a guy, right. have him come yeah. to you. I never had to do that. My sister's boyfriend always hooked me up, so I was like in the family in a way. So You probably got like, do you think you got ripped off a little though? I don't know. I wasn't. I mean, I got high and like that's all. And I didn't do it very often, so. Do you guys ever have code words for 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 pot when you're younger? Like I always be like, I need some silverware, Miranda. <laughs> no, I just thought um, it was fun. I just thought uh, it made me feel. I tried. Special. I mean, I like I got made fun of. I think the first time I ever did that, so I was real. <laughs> 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 um, All right. The you know, there's no code. You just say like, "Hey, man, can I can I drop by?" Is usually the the go to. Right. Mind if I drop by later? <laughs> Don't need that anymore. Just... No, nope. you can just go to a store. Yeah, pick it up. Did you guys take advantage of a no tax day or whatever? I'm it's medical, like so. Day. Oh yeah, so every day is no tax day. <laughs> yeah, I didn't take it. When when was that? It was yesterday. I think. Oh, so I saw Snoop Dogg put out a message. He's like, "Yo, if you're in Denver, take advantage." <laughs> yeah. I mean, I get it. The rec taxes are really high. Yeah. Um, it's worth it to get the medical card. I smoke a lot of weed though. I don't if you're if you're not you know yeah, an occasional really very much. indulger, then Rex's fine. I always wish I could get more out of it. Like everyone seems like they love it so much and they're getting it's like kicking their experience up to this next level and all I do is get paranoid and like freak out about stuff. Like it just gets me more in my head and I'm like, I'm doing it wrong. And it's just like I'm frustrated by no, it. No, you're doing it the same way. Every it's just an image thing. Everybody wants it. It's like that with any you know. You could be that way about beer or wine or uh, food or where you vacation. People are just elitist about it. At the you know, if you're spending a lot of money, you got to justify why you're spending that much money on something as simple as weed. That's my opinion anyway. I I don't really see that. You know, you can get you can get really high. You can get somewhat high. There, I've I've smoked weed that. A friend grew, and it was nowhere near as powerful as the stuff you get now, uh, you know, especially if you buy medical grade. And you know, it just depends what you want to do. If you want to, if you want to sit in the same place for twelve hours, sure, get some medical grade <laughs> wax, and uh, you know, waste a couple days. And I was I hang out with uh, Nick Dean sometimes, and that guy, he's just doing dabs. Like he'll do like four. Or yeah, like I five dads just sitting around, and then he'll be like, "All right, let's go do an open mic or something." He's just like wants to get as high as he can, yeah, and yeah. then go do an open mic or something. It's the other night blows uh, my mind. I went and did this show at a like a dab club in Colorado Springs. It's called the Dab House, and formerly Four Twenty Speakeasy. Right? Yeah. Now it's mm. called the Dab House, and I was there with Ben Bryant, and he said um, 
he got on stage and said this, which nobody really liked, but he called the place a modern day opium den, which is really pretty apt. I mean, it is, it's maybe not quite as, it's not as addictive, but it, you do about the same amount of activity right. when you're that high as when you're smoking opium. But I'm a, I don't know. I'm a, like I, I guess I'm sort of an anomaly or I can, yeah, I go and do all sorts of stuff. On, I'm not a big. On, uh, hash oil? No, I don't do that. I've those. That's like special occasions, right? But I have done stand up after doing dabs before. But yeah. you won't like host at Comedy Works while high. No, no. Why? Like because I don't want to be. T- I have been too high once from edibles, but so it was a combination it. of being too high and of less than ideal scenario, where it, like little things trip me up when I'm performing. So if like someone's not there with the light right when I need them, that fucks me up more than it should. And this was like a year ago, so even worse. It was at Lucha Libre and Laughs. It's like, I love getting high at Lucha Libre and Laughs. I'm going to eat an edible. And then I was like, oh shit, I've got to open the show. Oh shit, I have no idea how this works. Who introduces me? Who takes me off? And I was too high to like really ask anybody. So I go up there. I do seven minutes. And then I was like, oh, okay, give it up for whoever's hosting this. I don't know. And then no one comes. <laughs> and I was like, what the, f- what the fuck? And so seven minutes turn into like, I'm like, I guess I'll do more jokes while I'm waiting. But I was freaking out. I was like, who's supposed to do this? And then Sam is like cackling in the sound booth. I'm like, don't laugh at me, dude. <laughs> help Just me. Come, help me. Yeah. <laughs> I said, somebody bail me out. This sucks. <laughs> And then I did a couple more minutes of jokes, and I was like, seriously, who the fuck? And I was so thirsty. Like, I, all I could think is, like, I just want water. If I, could take a gla- if I could take a sip of water, I could do another 10 minutes. It's not going that bad. But I was, you know, I freaked out because I was too high. And then I was very embarrassed. But I, it turned out Baumhauer, I think, was messing with me. Oh, okay. Because I didn't say so Bobby Valentino. Um, yeah, that was that was the only time I've been too high. But if everything had gone according to plan, it would have been fine. Um, but they're taking advantage of you and your high state guy. Sure. <laughs> and yeah, like things being, I, I also think that because he didn't hear his name, he didn't come out. I'm not, I'm not a hundred percent sure what went wrong. Sure. Um, you're too high to. And I was too high to investigate. <laughs> yeah. Since then, I've done the same. I've eaten the same kind of edibles and gone. I did too much fun. But I feel like that's. Not a place where you're going to be judged for being too high. Uh, but yeah. comedy works. I would never eat an edible before. It's too unpredictable. Yeah, it's risky. It could, you know, you could <laughs> stumble on something great. I oh, tend, yeah. I tend to be looser and improvise a little bit more. Yeah, that's that's sort of what I like about it. It helps me slow down my, my thoughts a little bit. Really? Yeah. It, it's like the opposite for me. I can't think of anything. <laughs> I can't hold on to a thought. Everything's going so fast, but that might just also be because. Are you generally already anxious? Yeah, yeah. See, I'm I'm a anxious person. I want that to take it down, but it doesn't. It kicks it up. That's too bad. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You're telling me. And everyone's enjoying it. Everyone's like, oh my God, this is so great that Colorado has it. And like, I'm not taking, I don't know. It's You know, this this sort of, that's what I was going to say. Yeah. I know this, some people, this doesn't make a huge difference, but. Um, for me, the difference between a sativa and indica is pretty significant, and it, I can get a little anxious on a sativa, but normally on an indica, I can be relaxed. Even if I'm, even if I'm 
somewhat panicked, I'll still just kind of let it wash over me. I don't really care that much on an Indica. Maybe I'll uh, toy around with it a little bit more. Really, uh, buy buy a couple different strains and That's try a, it out. It's so on easy a, to on become a... a stoner now here. Right. I feel like people that wouldn't otherwise definitely have, which is not, which is sort of counter to the argument that they were making around legalization time. But I don't think it's a bad thing either. Like, I, I like the public school teachers and, like, you know, uh, people that haven't smoked weed in years are getting, or, you know, their toes yeah. back in the water. Yeah. It's like yeah. a family outing. Because, yeah, it's firmly just not a big deal anymore. And I think that that's good. So, wait. So, uh, you said that you've been doing comedy for three years? A little over. Like, yeah. it'll be four in March. And uh, you host at the Comedy Works now, like? Yeah. Because you, you host Not, the... no. Just, just New Talent Night. Right. And that's not the same as hosting. A... Can you explain a little weekends. bit of the the tiers of the of the club? Just for from the what I understand, because they I feel like they keep it pretty willfully obscure. Okay. <laughs> um, from what I understand, there's there's the people on the list, and they Which is the... feature and MC the you know the Troy Walkers and Adam Caton Hollins among them headline. The pros, the, the pro list. Pros. Yeah, those so. MC feature. I feel like, and then there's almost famous list. I feel like they're sort of on deck. They MC sometimes, um, and which then, is different than hosting, like New Talent Night. That's yeah, hosting level. New Talent Night, you don't get money. First okay. of all, if you host a weekend for you know somebody's gonna assume, I assume someone's gonna host for Craig Ferguson. So they'll they'll work either one or two of the shows or the whole weekend. Um, I think that they rotate them. Pretty at comedy works, unlike the improv, where you'll be there all weekend. Uh-huh. The only places where I've done the whole weekend are like the improv or Looney's in Colorado Springs. I haven't, I've never officially worked at comedy works. Okay. But I haven't, I mean, not everyone gets MC New Talent Night. So that's, I'm glad that I'm doing that. I, you know, I'm hopeful that that means I'm in consideration to be on the almost famous list because there's a bunch of, t- you know, there's a bunch of spots now. Bunch of people moved away. Like Elliot, Adrian were working there all the time. Right. Yeah. So all of those MC slots and feature slots that they were taking, are you know they they said they don't have a single local headliner under four. Oh, maybe I shouldn't say that. <laughs> <laughs> they don't have they don't have any uh, headliner or features under forty. You know, I mean, so that's. They need new fresh blood in right. there. So uh, how did you how did you uh, the improv is such a Something I have no idea about. How did you... Because there's no way... The Future Legends thing? To get in, I feel like. How do you even get seen to get on that show? Do you... Is there a Here's list to sign up? Or how, have you gone to the Improv at all, Bromwell? Or? The first set I ever did was at the Improv, and that was... Was that Future Legends? That was Future Legends, but I haven't been able to get back on it since. From what I've heard, uh, the idea is you just go there. Just show up and be seen there. Yeah, if you go to a Future Legends and hang out, Jeff Albright seems to be on every single one of them. So I don't think that they like rotate that much. I only did one of them and they let me feature on it. And I got check dropped. Oh, uh, okay. So that's when you're on stage and they start dropping checks. So people yeah. are distracted. So I was there to just sort of bite the bullet. Um, and then I've only done it once. I just messaged John about doing it again. And he said maybe December. So we'll see. But like... Yeah, it, if it, if I do it in December, it'll have been almost a year since I've done it. So you have to like, kind of uh, be introduced by somebody, you know? Kind of. It's like the mob 
Totally. I used. To I mean, I, I saw him at Mike's, and he saw me at uh, Comedy Works. John. Yeah, Who's John DeSellis. Okay, he's just like the Booker there. People like, call him Vegas. The Booker. I don't know if he likes it. <laughs> um, he's yeah, he's the Booker, and he's he's a stand-up too. Um, he used to be. He you know, he had a kid, but he used to be more active on the mics. He used to go to Barracudas, Elliot Woolsey's old mic a lot. Barracudas. I think that was already gone before either of you. Yeah, I don't remember that one. Yeah, no. It was dire. It was it was real bad. I mean, every once in a while it was pretty fun. It's but it was it was one of those situations where it was a pretty established crowd and we were invaders. Like we were and you know, like we were amusing to them at first and yeah, then it was like a Devin's. nuisance. Yeah, it's like the illegal Pete's thing where it seems like a fun idea, have an open mic. But then you get like, you know, six chodes in a row, like alienating people. Yeah. And it's hard to argue with that sometimes. Yeah. Yeah, there are people where I wish I could put like a soundproof dome over the like part of the audience that might stay. <laughs> so they would just not be driven out by bad comedy. But open mics, you got to put everyone up. That's right, how they work. Yeah. That's it's like democratic. A, the sacred rules, you can't, yeah, everyone should that wants to go sign up and be on can be on, right? Yeah, I think so. Unless like some someone calls you a racist or something like that, then you can't. Then you can be like, "All right, you're not like you're not welcome here." You can but, you can I feel like you should as the host, you can get someone off the stage, especially if the will of the audience is behind you. Um but you have to let them go on in the first place. But you have to give them a chance. And if somebody's bad, yeah, you can absolutely 86 them. <laughs> They're just like not bad, like not like they suck. But if someone's like whatever, you don't like threatening jokes, people yeah. or it'd have to be like hate speech. Yeah. Like it would, you know, not just a fucked up joke, but active hate speech where you're like, no, you can't come here anymore. Right. Nobody's that bad. <laughs> I haven't seen anybody actively spout any like hateful rhetoric. And a I lot feel of like, accidental. So. Yeah, sometimes it, I feel like. Most of the time, the uh, the punishment for having a set that hateful is is in just eating the response that you get. Oh, yeah. Yeah, usually the crowd will decide for you, which is why you don't need to 86 somebody. Hopefully, they'll learn. Right. Some people, amazingly, seem immune to the feedback they're getting. Mm-hmm. That's a rare thing, but I have seen some people who are don't seem to be affected by the response they're getting. I've seen a lot of delusional people where they get like a sort of tepid response, scattered laughter, and you get and they get off stage and they're like, "Oh man, I crushed." And you're like, "What right. does that mean?" Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it just doesn't mean anything anymore if that's what that means. Yeah, I don't know what that means. <laughs> I think there's a, like a lot of loose terms uh, because there's so many shows in Denver now. Like a sure. lot of people are like headlining things, and it's like in LA, headlining is like forty-five to an hour, right? And you get mm-hmm. paid, you know, here. You could headline and do fifteen to twenty minutes, and that's like you know they they give you that headlining title. Yeah, I. Uh, do you think that's a bad thing or? I I don't know. I feel like there's a lot of people running shows that don't know what they're doing, um, which doesn't necessarily do, doom a show. Like you know, you learn by not knowing before you act. like nobody does everything perfectly right when they start. But there's a lot of people that just. Like championing mediocrity. There's a lot of like mediocrity being rewarded. I was with- just at uh, 
Baumhauer's uh, talking shop. You mm-hmm. probably you can probably hear that right now if you want to go back. <laughs> but he's talking about uh, uh, that too, kind of like how like the Denver comedy scene's kind of getting like no one's holding anyone to any kind of like higher standard, and like it's kind of being diluted in a way. I mean, I think that there are there are certain shows that sort of stand above the rest of them. Yeah, I think like there are the a legacy of shows. shows. Yeah, the only new show I can think of, Sushi High, if you consider that new, I would say that's a good show. Sushi High is a good show. Um, I don't know if it's on like the. I guess it is. That's a really fun show to do. And you think? I think that's because the audience is there. Like, yeah, the audience like that. That's really one seems to enjoy it and. I Wilkins and I started together. He wouldn't mind me. That's one that works in spite of the host. <laughs> he wouldn't mind me saying that. I think that if uh, he sort of lucked into a good thing, and I, I mean, I love well. Wilkins. I mean, he's, he advertises. He's, he's, he's really good. At, it. Yeah, he gets he's, good people to be on it. But I, I mean, it took him quite a few. You know, I did every Wilkins show that he tried at a place before that, so it was a real third times a charm with him. But. He's indomitable. I admire it. You gotta learn. Yeah. Um, it'd be nice if he was funnier, but this is my 60th podcast. All of us want to be funnier. 60th, <laughs> six zero. All right. This is my fourth time recording with you guys, <laughs> just for this episode. No. Um, but uh, actually, I did want to talk to you guys a little bit. But you both uh, graduated. Mm-mm. No. Mm-mm. All right. Anyway, Bromwell. Uh, <laughs> I have a degree. Nice. Me too. I just got mine, and I'm kind of in this like slump where I don't have any uh structure in my life that i've had for like the the, the longest time with are school. you unemployed no I, I have a job now um i had like a nine to five job over the summer i was driving for this courier service but now that's gone too i'm, I'm working at a, a restaurant again so it's like hours are kind of all over the place and uh i'm having a hard time being like okay this is the time i have to do this and th- i mean you can totally chime in on this too byron but i was thinking like i've i've i don't know this like kind of post-graduation slump where i'm like okay i don't know what to do with my time or like i know i know what i want to do but it's like finding the time and like okay no one else is gonna make me do this right well that yeah i mean inventing your own structure in life is uh i've I've been trying to do it but i've had very limited success and i frankly i don't know a whole lot of people who seem to be doing it that well most people seem to find ways to let uh structure uh find them you know, people, you have a job that provides some structure. Maybe you have a relationship or you start a family that provides some structure. But if you're just inventing it from scratch, it's real difficult because your whole life, you know, your parents gave you structure, then institutions give you structure. You have school and maybe you have a job. College is different, but it's still plenty of structure and it's a community. And then when, you know, when you're on your own, especially if you don't have a job, trying to recreate that on your own, it's really difficult. Yeah, I just I thought having structure was something that I didn't want in my life. I'm like I don't like. I was talking to a friend of mine, and uh, she was talking about how like she loved going to like uh, day camps or summer camps because it's like okay, you come here at this time and we do this thing for this certain amount of time, and all she had to do was show up, you know. Right. And I was like, oh, I'd hate that. But now that I don't have the structure or whatever, it's like okay, I could work out right now or do whatever, or I, or I could just go for a walk and like hit up a coffee shop and sit there, or I could watch Hulu. You know, it's like. I don't know. I've been. Uh, yeah, freedom. You know, freedom's great. <laughs> I feel thought, stressed <laughs> out by it. <laughs> I thought freedom was what I wanted, but you can be paralyzed by too much freedom. It's it's this weird paradox where if if you're free to do anything, then suddenly it's, it seems like there are no possibilities. You got to have some 
guidelines, some parameters. Otherwise, you just don't do anything, it seems like. Do you feel like you you found uh, some kind of structure or like how do you, what are you doing? No. You seem to be, uh, you know, doing well. (laughs) Well, I, I try to be positive about what I'm doing, but I'm trying to let comedy provide some structure to my life. And then I am trying to build personal routines of what I do in the morning. Uh, but do you wake up at a certain time every morning or no, no, I mean, no, no <laughs> normally it's not in the morning when I wake up. <laughs> it's afternoon. Yeah. Yeah. Cause the, the structure is, you know, you go to the open mic at like nine o'clock or 10, whatever. And then yeah. you just hang out until you go up or, you know, and then afterwards or, you know, you try and hit up a, a couple in one night or something, but Byron, you actually, you're a writer, you know, you're employed at yeah. Westward. There's no, you have deadlines. I but do. Really? You know, they're you pretty can, flexible. Um, yeah. How do you deal with that? Sometimes it like, I'm not always the best about this, so I don't want to make it sound like I don't procrastinate, but I just feel shitty if I don't have it done. So I get it done, and then I don't feel shitty anymore about fucking around and watching like the whole season of Nathan for you in a day. <laughs> you know? Uh, but that thing about having a deadline, that's so important. It helps, but it's also like they're a little more flexible than. Well, even if it's a flexible deadline. Though. Yeah. That's, I mean, absolutely. That's a very like, the show game happens then. on the 29th. If I turn it in on the 29th, it's late. Some that sort of thing. But You're like, uh, do you want to get paid for this month or that's whatever? The, this, yeah, that's, that's like a... that's the real schedule where it's like I want to get it in early in the week so it gets on this week's paycheck. Rather than if I get it in past like a certain time on Wednesday, I have to wait another week to be paid for that article. So that that I mean. But yeah, I think that the only way to really build structure is by wanting, so, you know, the ambition of having, you know, the goal to do comedy is how you find your structure. Right. But I think, you know, when you look at your real motivations, most of the time we're talking about money or fear of punishment or approval seeking in some mm-hmm. way. So it, it, the, the real structure comes from, you know, in your case, you want to get this on your paycheck. You want mm-hmm. to get these articles on your paycheck. That's your survival drive, in yeah, a sense. absolutely. And um, that's, you know, without that, like, people who have all their needs met, people who have excess money, that then structure is even harder, because what are you even fighting for? Yeah. <laughs> I think, yeah, there's, like, that whole, uh, like, the there's meaning in the struggle, I think. So, it, once you're on top of that hierarchy of needs... It's probably kind of boring. Like there's, I don't know. Not everybody wants that much idle time. Not everybody wants that much freedom. Right. I'm pretty fine with it. I I'd never feel like oh I really wasted today. Even if I didn't really do anything, I was like, well, I had a good time. I wasn't miserable all day. I didn't like do anything wrong. That sounds like you're making it. You're doing it. <laughs> you're killing life, bro. Uh, the only thing that really, like, if I go too long without going to an open mic. I start to feel like I'm slacking off. Or uh, if I go too long without taking on a story. Like, there's not a ton of comedy stories right now, so I've, I'm, like, going to go to a haunted house and take pictures next week, trying to take on different stuff. I'm thinking of starting a, a, a comedy feud or, like, a, a podcast feud, so. Okay, you know, like yeah. a beef? Yeah. I don't okay, know, I don't know I'll, get who, the, I'll get the scoop. Yeah, yeah. Thinking maybe the Idiot Podcast or something. You know? Idiot? That's so, so new. Yeah. You want to pick yeah, exactly. If you're I want to start pick on a the beef, little one. You want to you punch up, Lopez. No, I'm not gonna punch up. No, no. Start a beef with uh... well, my dining room table's gone. Uh, <laughs> so I guess I won. I don't know. <laughs> start a beef with whiskey and cigarettes. Those oh, guys would be game. Oh, okay. 
Zach and Jake are so cool, though. <laughs> I know. They're so likable. Yeah, it's hard, it's hard to... But a beef helps both of you. That's the whole point. Right. Yeah, yeah, it's the Kanye 50 Cent, you know, mutually beneficial beef. All right, yeah. That's all I'll explain it to him. We're getting grade A beef over here, guys. Okay. Uh, how, how would you start that? Like a tweet? No? Okay. I don't know. What we can talk Fuck about? Fuck one of their girlfriends. <laughs> And then video. No, that's, I'm just, <laughs> I'm just like literally recreating the 50 cent Rick Ross. <laughs> Maybe you just ask their girlfriends to be on your podcast oh, with no okay. explanation. Yeah, all right. But then like have them. Um, like maybe like wait until they're in a fight. Like see see one of them angrily storm out. Like, hey, let's let's do a podcast. Well, get your- <laughs> yeah, let's. <laughs> and get just it like all out. F- when she's fresh with the venom of a new fight. <laughs> You get all of it out there for a possibility. That would just be hurtful. <laughs> like, that's not a beef. That's just like really it's... psychologically mean. <laughs> well, you know. Well, be psychologically mean upwards, not down. So. Sure. Right. Do you know about that 50 Cent Rick Ross beef? No, I don't. I'm not in on the... 50 Cent made a sex tape with Rick Ross's uh, lady and released it. <laughs> wow. And that's what that's... their beef is about. And he's getting sued because that's not okay to do. She didn't say it was okay for him to release or tape that. 50 Cent has filed for bankruptcy. He's a really tragicomic figure. I always hated him. And now I feel sort of vindicated that the economy does too. You know, but I have trouble sympathizing with somebody who is filing bankruptcy because that's the whitest way to be. (laughs) Like, and maybe not whitest, but most privileged way. Like... Filing bankruptcy is not being poor. It's no, not, it's, it's not just running. Like, out I don't want to pay you. It's a business strategy. Yeah, it's like a rebranding. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. I you know it's a it's a remodeling of the right. I yeah. I a restructuring. He seems like a real scum. I don't know how we got. He's oh, got beefs. that vitamin water money. So he's got to right? protect it. You would think. I mean, maybe the vitamin water bubble has burst. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they, no, I, keep, I feel like they keep there. trying to add shit to it. Um. It's just Gatorade now. Just more just and more flavor, <laughs> flavoring. But, you know, I, uh, I I wish 50 Cent the best. I know <laughs> yeah. he's a big fan. Good luck, 50. Yeah. Um. Uh, you're in our thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Um. one thing, I, just, I know we got to let you guys go here in a minute, but we're talking about, you know, just, I just graduated and stuff, so I'm like thinking about this, you know, becoming an adult, like actually really, you know, being an adult. You guys have health insurance? Yeah. I'm still on my uh, mom's. Okay. Actually, her, her boyfriend's, I can... You could do that till I'm 26. How do you do that? Sign up Help for... Help me be an adult, Byron. How do you get health insurance? I just went to, you know, healthcare.gov. Go to the Obamacare website. Yeah, okay. Obamacare is what I got. Obamacare. How much is it? Like a monthly payment? I don't know. What is that? It is a monthly payment, yeah. Okay. So it's um, like, I have it all like, like six months, like your car? I have it all like auto-paid, so I don't know the exact actual amount. Do you take taxes out of your paycheck? Or does Westward or however you... Make no, I send my... You have I send an LLC? it to a guy. You're, you send it to a guy? I send it oh, to like okay. my dad's tax guy. I'm okay. trying to sound adult, but I'm not going to because I'm not really. No, I, the lady who did my taxes until like last year was my mom's friend. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I definitely send them to my dad's tax guy. I just send, you know, they through this statement. I filled out a, you know. I feel like we were both sound real sketchy right now. We just send it to our parents' friends. We're in the mob. You know, they take care of our money for us. Yeah, I got a guy. <laughs> takes care of it for me. Got a lady. Don't ask. Don't, the you know, Texas what do go away. No questions asked. Yeah, who's no, asking? Uh, you know, it's not even that hard. Like, I got TurboTax. <laughs> <laughs> 
And then I did TurboTax, and I looked at what it printed out at the end, and it's like four pages. And I was like, I, I did it once when I was my first job. I filed my own taxes. They give you instructions on how to do it. It's just culturally, job? we believe that it's so difficult. And that if you screw up, you're, the IRS is going to yeah. come after you. That doesn't happen. I saw that Seinfeld episode. It yeah. Really screwed with Jerry's life. <laughs> yeah, it's a cultural myth, I think. Unless if you're, <laughs> if you're making a lot of money, the IRS would have to have some incentive to go after you. What, if you're making, yeah, you need to have a lot of money. If you're making you know, like less than 30 grand money. a year, what, are they get, what do they have to gain? They have to pay somebody to, you know, to prosecute your case. you. Yeah. All right. Well, I'll go to the healthcare website and try to figure that out. Um, thank you, guys. Yeah, I think I'm going to make a, a graceful step into adulthood here, I think. Uh, I just got a credit card, actually. and um, Oof, that could be a mistake. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I lied about what my income was. Um, I need to, Dad need to pay his insurance, you know what I'm saying? Uh, should I be recording this? Anyway. This is now evidence. <laughs> <laughs> Do I pay it back all in one lump sum, or do I have to pay it all at a certain date if I pay it back now? You does can it never like, pay it does back. Does it like uh, <laughs> you don't ever to go have against to my back. credit? Did you take out loans? I'm gonna have to start paying that back soon. I, I didn't. I haven't looked into that. Anyway, uh, this is getting depressing for me. Um, we do these lightning round questions at the end, Bromwell. I think you've done these before, so uh, and feel free to. Uh, to you chime me in. Bromwell, I think. No, I was talking. I mean, I pointed oh, Bromwell, yeah. and then Bromwell, I, and then I think then, period. I think Byron has already done, and this. then he looked toward me. I'm just, li- I'm just away. illuminating things for the listener. <laughs> oh, thank you. Because that would be confusing. Bromwell has not done this. I have, and I was deeply unnerved by it because you did not segue into it. You just asked me a super accusatory That's why question. It's called the lightning round. It's called lightning it round. Oh no! Did I spoil it? And, uh, it's meant in fun. Okay? okay, meant to be in fun. Uh, Bromwell, who do you think you are? Uh, pass. <laughs> <laughs> then it goes to you, Byron. Who do I think yeah, I am? Who no, who do you think I am? <laughs> who do I think Bromwell yeah, is? Yeah, funner. Oh. <laughs> you get one pass. <laughs> <laughs> I want to pass on that one. I don't. I can't. I can't Bromwell, weigh in there. Are you an artist? Yeah. Okay. Do I have to elaborate? I mean, I'd, yeah, if you could. You took that bullying, that uh, seeing the world through a different, uh, you know, this prism of uh, comedy. You parlay that into art? I think if you create something that doesn't have immediate market value, then you are an artist. <laughs> and I definitely do that. What do you think, uh, Byron? I mean, yeah. Do you I think know. he's an artist? <laughs> no. no. Uh, what no. do you think about art? What do you think? Is a. Uh, what you do at Three Kings Art? <laughs> it, I mean, it's an art form. I think, you know, I'm practicing it. I, don't, I hesitate to call each individual set a work of art. Sure. Because they're, the, they're not all the best. Sometimes you whiff. Yeah, but there's such a thing as bad art. There's there is bad art. Yeah. Bad art's still art. Sure. But it, who wants to be a bad artist? <laughs> right. Yeah, no one's going for bad, but, you know. Where's the line between insanity and creativity? Uh, well, that's just the people looking at you, what they decide to call it. It's really how much, how many people like it compared to how many people are threatened by it. The state. The state. <laughs> the state decides. Yeah. That's a good answer. Uh, Byron, what's your problem? <laughs> you really throw on the accusatory... Uh, I think... My problem is that I'm I'm too critical of myself, but also of other people. I uh, you know sometimes I hurt people's feelings without meaning to. All right, because you're too drunk at Kingas. 
Because I'm too critical. <laughs> oh, okay. Because I mean, I I feel like I'm really hard on myself. I never like, I'm never one to pat myself on the back. You know, I even if a set goes well, it's like I got away with that. It's not like oh man, I'm great. Um, I was like oh, the, I'm one more day. They haven't found out I'm a fraud yet. <laughs> um, and I feel like I project that onto other people, where I'm like, why aren't you criticizing yourself more? If I sucked as much as you did, I would be criticizing myself so hard. Uh, and that's not nice to do. Like, that, nobody needs, you know, there's there's a real limit to how constructive the criticism gets. <laughs> All right, cool. I can respect that. And I, and I totally relate to that. Um, Bromwell, is it worse to fail at something or never attempt it in the first place? Well, it depends if you wanted to do it, I think. But if you assuming you want to do it, then, yeah, it's way worse to, to not attempt it. Because that's living in fear. On the other hand, if it's something that people just told you to do, yeah, don't do it. Bromwell, do you work out? <sighs> Barely. I, I I try to go for a run every so often. Can you tell that I work out? <laughs> <laughs> Lightning round, well, bro. Come on. <laughs> it's it's pretty obvious now. Uh, you didn't answer. I didn't... Uh, no, uh, before you asked me that question, and now yes. <laughs> okay. Um, Byron, what gives you the right? What gives me the right? Yeah. You can, if you can, you can hear my my I think you should read that one in the Stone Cold voice. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> all right, all right, you piece of trash. What gives you the right? <laughs> the Constitution, the Bill of Rights. Oh, I think you said that last time too. Did I? I'm so yeah. glib. No, uh, you're uh, <laughs> steady, like like the Constitution. Yeah, I mean, unwavering. Yep. Uh, like America, damn. Like America, goddammit. All right. But like the post eighteen sixty five Constitution, I don't want any of that three fifths of a human being nonsense on my record. All right, good to have standards, right? Yeah, everyone's equal. I'm doing a He's doing awkward a thumbs, thumbs up, thumbs up, and a real glinty smile <laughs> to really bring it home for the listeners. All right, I, I I ran out of weird questions to ask you guys at the end, so uh, thank you so much for coming on. If you have anything uh, coming up uh, this week. Uh, that'll after Friday because it's going to go out on Friday. I will be doing the New Faces Downtown Comedy Works on Monday. Nice. Uh, <laughs> I'll the, do that's the competition. The semifinals. New Faces semifinals. semifinals. Yeah, that's nice. right. Comedy Works Good Downtown. Uh, on right. September 30th, I will be doing my semifinals at Comedy Works South. Oh, shit. You're both in the competition. 7.30. Nice. Also on September 26th, we'll be on Crush City at the Savoy. All right. Go check those out. They're check those shows check. out, particularly Crush City, local yeah. comedy. It's the best at the Savoy. It's a cool place. It's a big, old, like, dance, not dance Real hall. Real classy joint. Yeah. Real classy joint. Yeah. Oh, that was my that was my text signal. Oh, okay. Well, I guess that means it's time to go. All right. I usually let the guests sign us off however they want. So, Alan, you're you're the the newest one here. You haven't had a chance to do it. Go ahead and sign us off however you see fit. Well, we've uh, we've been sitting here for long enough that uh we decided to stop and i just wanted to thank everybody who is hypothetically listening because without you uh this is literally insane what we're doing <laughs> so thank you all and uh we'll see you next time alaikum salam
Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.